0: Welcome to this special preview of the latest patrons-only episode of The Dispatches Podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to listen to the rest of this episode, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash left foot media and become a patron with $5 or more per month. The link is found in the show notes below. In the meantime, please enjoy this preview. Hi everybody, welcome along to the Wednesday edition of the patrons-only episode of The Dispatches Podcast. Great to be back with you again. Two things we're going to talk about today. The first is The Truth About David Seymour, which is what I've titled this episode. Uh, We're also going to look at a really, really great article that was written about a week or so ago by Louise Perry. Now, you might remember Louise Perry. She was the uh, UK journalist who I talked about in Monday's episode. She's written that great new book, The Case Against the Sexual Revolution, and she makes the liberal feminist secular case Uh, against the sexual revolution and particularly talks about the harms that it has caused, the major harms that it has caused in Western society. Well, she's written a great new article in The Spectator called Modernity is Making You Sterile, Rage Against Our Demographic Doom. And we're going to look at that article and and, uh, the important topics that it covers uh, after we talk about David Seymour. And the reason I want to talk about David Seymour is because for some time now, some people have been touting David Seymour as the, hold your nose and vote for this guy, candidate. He's the guy that you vote for if you want the current Labour regime to come to an end. And so the way to do that apparently is to hold your nose and vote for David Seymour. And apparently if you're disenfranchised with National and you're not going to vote for them, this is the guy that you hold your nose and you vote for. Well, I want to suggest to you, and I'm going to present recent examples, his most recent track record of behaviours, to show that in actual fact, David Seymour is not who he claims to be. He has a bit of a, a reputation or a persona he's built for himself. And I think there's three key planks to this, but I don't think they're actually particularly valid when you look at his actual track record and who he really is. And that's what I want to do in this episode because I think it's important. So there's sort of three key planks, I think, to who David Seymour presents himself, or the persona of Seymour. One is that he's a libertarian, so freedom to choose, freedom of choice. I'm not a libertarian. I'm conservative, but it's fair to say that if you are a libertarian, freedom of choice is one of the fundamental key planks of libertarianism, and Seymour definitely presents himself as being a libertarian guy in a libertarian party. Secondly, he also presents himself as being, you know, small government. Uh, Let's get the government out of our lives. Uh, The big state's a bad thing etc., etc. No surprise, because that's uh, also a a tendency of the libertarian school of thought. And lastly, he is, you know, touting himself as the answer to the current Labour government. Let's get these guys out of power. If you want to see a change in government, you need to vote for me. That's, you know, he's all about bringing about an end to the current mess, That is the uh, Labour regime and, you know, ushering in something new and brighter and better, apparently. I would suggest to you that his track record indicates that he is not really as committed to these three things, that his persona is not really a valid uh, take on who Seymour really is and what you'll end up with, with him continuing in power. First of all, let's look at some of his recent behaviours and... I'm going to talk about three or four key things that really stand out for me, which challenge this whole persona that has been crafted around David Seymour. First of all, he is currently targeting the seat of Conservative National MP Simon O'Connor. And you will have heard the news about this. And what's so strange about all of this is this really challenges the notion that he is as committed to free speech as he claims and that he is as committed to seeing the Labour government come to an end, and for a change of government as he really claims to be. Why? Well, first of all, Simon O'Connor is probably the consistently, uh, I think, has been the strongest advocate of free speech in the current parliament. He's been really, really strong in this area. So in theory, that would make him an ally Of David Seymour in this, what Seymour claims is one of his most important or seems to present as being one of his most important of causes, the freedom of speech and freedom of expression and the essential nature of all of that. He's targeting probably the staunchest defender of that. Now, Seymour might see himself as being that, but even through his eyes, he'd have to say that Simon's probably second behind him and, or maybe second behind him and the other ACT MPs that are in Parliament. So he's an ally in this fight. And he's trying to have him removed from Parliament. Secondly, and this is really, really important, the electorate, Tamaki, that uh, Simon O'Connor currently holds is a safe, conservative electorate. This thing has been in the hands of National for decades. And here's the thing. Seymour is now targeting that safe, conservative seat. And you might think, well, what's the big deal there? The big deal is this it's very, very, very unlikely that the ACT Party will win that seat. Very, very, very unlikely. But what they could do is they could end up butchering the right of centre vote. And so what you end up doing is splitting the vote between the ACT candidate and the National Party. And even though they can't win it, all of a sudden the Labour Party candidate now has the potential to cut right through the middle of the vote that's been carved up because of Acts' behaviour and actually take the seat off the Conservative side of the political spectrum here in New Zealand. So, in other words, a Labour MP could end up winning a seat that has traditionally been a safe Conservative seat because of, directly as a result of, the actions of David Seymour. Does that sound to you like the actions of someone who was serious about changing government? If they were serious about changing government, then why would Seymour not be targeting a marginal seat that is currently held by Labour and winning it back for the conservative side? Why wouldn't he be doing that? Well, I'll tell you why he's not. And he publicly stated this in the press release a couple of weekends ago when they announced that they are trying to unseat Simon O'Connor They're doing it because of Simon O'Connor's beliefs about abortion and euthanasia. So in other words, here's Mr. Free Speech trying to punish a guy, have him removed from Parliament because he has expressed views that Mr. Free Speech doesn't consider to be acceptable. Does that sound like the behavior of a free speech advocate to you? It doesn't sound that way because it's not the behaviour of a free speech advocate. It's the behaviour of someone who is actually quite authoritarian and who seems to want to have an uncontested pro-abortion, pro-euthanasia ideological regime in Parliament. And if you question it, you have to get booted out. And as I said in the process, he's actually putting that electorate seat, that safe uh, right of centre seat in jeopardy and it could well end up in the hands of Labour. He could end up gifting Labour a seat, but they have no chance of winning without David Seymour helping them. But it's not just that. Just over a year ago, he also voted for safe areas to be legalised here in New Zealand. This whole thing and David Seymour's involvement in this piece of legislation is an absolute debacle from the perspective of David Seymour. It is just the most bizarre thing ever, Uh, Let me give you a little bit of the history. So um, for those who don't know, I should say the so-called Safe Areas Bill, which was proposed by Louisa Wall, was basically a repackaged version of part of the uh, Abortion Legislation Act 2020. So Abortion Legislation Act 2020 is Jacinda Ardern's personal pet project. It is the extreme abortion law, which was passed in New Zealand at the start of 2020. And part of that law originally was a section which included so-called safe areas. And safe areas are 150-metre zones, so that what they are is you create basically a 300-metre diameter. So it's 150 metres in any direction, and this is the important bit, from the perimeter, from the outermost perimeter of any property where abortions are carried out. So if it's in a hospital you go right to the very boundary of the property and then you go 150 metres in any direction and you create a 300 metre plus bubble around that facility, that abortion facility. And in that 300 metre bubble, it is a criminal offence to express any views about abortion. That includes silent expression, just silently standing there with a t-shirt or holding a sign. And it doesn't matter how inoffensive your expression is. You could have a T-shirt on that says, I think abortion is wrong. Pretty mild way of saying things. You could have a T-shirt on that, in, uh, in say, that says, uh, pro-life is pro-love. And you would be violating this and you would be committing a criminal act and so wherever these safe areas are instituted, and currently there are a whole lot of abortion facilities around the country who are waiting to get their government approval of these new safe areas. And there's a democratic—I was going to say democratic, sorry—bureaucratic process that you go through to get them. And so they're waiting on them. And it will be a criminal offence in public spaces, not private spaces, public spaces, to express those views. Technically speaking, if you've got a church, for example, which has a facility within three hundred metres of an abortion facility, then technically speaking, any time a minister of the gospel got up to speak about abortion, if they're inside that 300-meter bubble, let's say in church on a Sunday morning, they're technically breaking the law by doing that. This law is just unbelievable. They are free speech censorship zones. Make no mistake about it. That's what they are. And they criminalize free speech. Now, here's the thing. In the original Abortion Legislation Act, there was a stuff up that was made. I remember witnessing it on the night and I could not believe the stuff up that was made by the proponents of this Abortion Legislation Act. And Jan Logie was involved from the Green Party and they made a mistake. And what happened was this uh, part of the bill was voted down by accident So what happened was Seymour had an amendment. And so this is where Seymour started. He started opposed to this and said, this is about free speech. And I support the Abortion Legislation Act, you know, because I'm all about free choice, right? Uh, But I'm also about free speech, so I reject this part of the bill. And he puts forward an amendment to have that removed. And in the voting process, the progressive MPs, the pro-abortion MPs, make a bit of a mistake. And that part of the bill gets taken out. the the safe areas. Now, by the way, going back even further, the Law Commission in New Zealand wrote a special briefing paper they were asked to by the government and they investigated the question of safe areas and they interviewed abortion providers and people who are specialists in this area and they came back and they said, all of the feedback that we've received in our investigations is the abortion providers are saying these things are not necessary, And we don't need them in New Zealand. Uh, There are questions around the Bill of Rights as to the legitimacy of doing this. And they say, we see no need for this in New Zealand. That was the official Law Commission recommendation. What did the Labour government do? They put them into the Abortion Legislation Act because this is about ideology. It's about control. It's about dominance. And so they wanted them there. They went into that bill, which became the Abortion Legislation Act. And so there was no need for these things at all. There's no justification for them, for those who might be wondering on that particular question. Now, Seymour, because of the mistakes that are made, Seymour's amendment uh, means that that safe areas part of the bill gets taken out. And so the Abortion Legislation Act is passed without safe areas because of a mistake that was made in the voting procedures. And they sort of forgot to vote when they should have. But then here's what happens next. Lewis Wall, the Labour MP, says, I'll get this back into the legislation. I'll create a private members' bill proposing these so-called safe areas. And her private members' bill is actually a slightly worse version of safe areas, believe it or not, than what was in the Abortion Legislation Act originally. And David Seymour voted for the slightly worse version. He actually voted for safe areas. So first he opposes it, claiming he's Mr. Free Speech, And then he votes for it, a slightly worse version of that legislation. He voted for it. These are not the actions of a free speech advocate. They're just not. There is no way to rationalise this behaviour and say that a free speech advocate would vote for safe areas, would vote for censorship zones in public spaces where you are not allowed to express views on a particular topic. But no, David Seymour voted for that act. Now, just to be clear, and I'll post a link to a video in today's show notes, you can watch for yourself if you want to, of how these safe areas actually work. There is a woman in the UK who just recently has been arrested for the second time in one of these so-called safe areas. Other places call them safe zones or buffer zones in other parts of the world. And she's been arrested for the second time. Here's the crime that she was guilty of. And here you can actually watch the video. Here's what she was arrested for. She was on her own inside a safe area, quote unquote, with no sign, no T-shirt, no nothing. Just her standing there quietly praying, not even out loud, in her head. That's what she was doing. And the footage of this is unbelievable. These police officers walk up to her because they recognize her. The the abortion facility staff go, oh, that's a pro-lifer. We know her. So they ring the cops and the cops turn up and they are like, what are you praying about? She is arrested for praying in her head. It's the, the very definition of thought policing. And this has happened to her twice. No signs, no verbal outbursts, nothing. Just total silence praying in your head. And you're doing it inside a safe area, a free speech censorship zone. David Seymour voted for that legislation. This guy is not who he claims to be. A week or so ago, he declared... Here's another thing he's done. This is all recent. A week or so ago, he declared that people... Thanks for listening to this preview of our patrons-only podcast. To unlock the full version of this episode, plus get access to over 12 hours of new and exclusive patrons-only content every single month, simply become a $5 monthly patron at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. The link is found in the show notes below. Don't forget, live by goodness, truth and beauty, not by lies, and I'll see you next time on The Dispatches.